BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. There's something magical about unboxing. When you unbox BritBox, you uncover a world of British entertainment. Stream the UK's most brilliant series, including new and upcoming seasons of Shetland, Father Brown and Death in Paradise. Plus new originals like Payback, Irving Welsh's Crime and Archie, the story of Hollywood's greatest leading man, Cary Grant. Unbox BritBox and escape to the best of British TV. Stream with a free trial at BritBox.com. Tonight we got them, Goldie the Sulk and JC. And it starts right now. What, Goldie? What? I see you leaning in. What? <laughs> well, I just, I'm looking at the Zoom window of the three of us. Yeah. And it's been so long since we haven't had a guest. Yes. That to me, this is like the children have gone to college and now we'll find out if we actually have a happy marriage. <laughs> Wait, I, I heard him. First I'm joke sorry. of the day. Yes. First joke of the day. Oh, but do we have anything left to talk about? Is there any chemistry at all? Or have we just been like keeping up appearances for these guests? <laughs> we'll find out in a moment. I've been looking forward uh, to this. Yeah, uh, well, uh, welcome back, everyone, to another episode of a typical disgusting display podcast for writers by writers who hate writing. Uh, Goldie, this morning, I had this whole thing planned where I was going to bait you into anger about talking about what kind of haircut I should get for my birthday that's coming up because I feel like <laughs> I feel like I have too much hair right now. But then my plans were derailed because, as we talked about a few weeks ago on this podcast this morning. I had a situation. Oh. So I w- I'm back at my place. And not to get too into detail here, which I'm sure you all appreciate, but the last couple of days haven't been as productive as I would have liked them to be. <laughs> and it d- this morning was the South American landslide. Oh, so oh like I, you know, I'm I'm waiting this thing out. It's all happening. And then there's kind of an end point, and but I knew in the back of my mind, like, I know I'm not. I'm not finished, but I have to come in because we have to do this podcast. So I walk. At any point, are you are you buckling your legs back and forth like a baby deer trying to get purchase on the side of a, <laughs> a mountain dry goat. dirt hill? Yeah, no, oh that's God. that was uh, one of our friends uh, at an old job we worked at who used to shit that way. You could see his feet scrambling under the door, what? and you're like, well, I guess he's in there. Uh, and he was subsequently fired for not flushing, right? I think it's right. That's a yeah. aggressively. Offense. There was a closed door meeting where the executive producer of the show said to him, "We know it's you. We've like eliminated all the other factors. You are totally busted. You're a good enough writer. We we somehow want to keep you, and all you need to do now." is flush your shits. <laughs> and then there were like four more unflushed shits. It's like, you're fired! Legend. 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 He is a very funny monologue writer. I wish we could say his name, but we can't. So anyway, no. uh, so today, you know, I realize I'm not quite finished, but I have to get here. I walk to work. I don't have a car here. And it's a little less than a mile. So it's usually like a very pleasant, easy walk where I listen to music and it's nothing. Yeah. So today, of course, like right around the halfway point of the walk, it's I it's happening. You know, like I can feel, oh, I need to get to to a bathroom. So oh. yeah. I'm I'm breathing like a woman in Lamaze class. <laughs> like I'm trying to like get here, yeah, as yeah. as efficiently as I can. And I'm walking like a like a you know as as they describe Secretariat at the Belmont, like a tremendous machine. I'm walking. Yeah. And I see a guy in front of me, typical, like, white guy gym asshole. Like, guy clearly going to the gym in shorts, like the the tank top tee, 30s, white guy. 
And I remember like, oh, there's a gym in our office building. He must be oh, kind of headed headed there. So, but but I I don't care. I just blow by this guy walking. You know, yes. I, I kind of go around him, and I get wow. This, he must have been impressed. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. He not he was not so much impressed as in my mind pissed because oh. he picked up his oh, pace yeah. and he was trying to walk with me. And then we we did. I I reach a, a there's a light where I have to stop. And he kind of catches up to me. And then the light goes green and I, I'm off again. And he cannot, he cannot keep up with me. Like, and so, and you know, I, I can tell where he's going. We're going to the same place and I just destroy him. And it reminds me of when, when you're in a car and somebody's trying to like pass you or fuck with oh, you, yeah. but yeah. they don't know that you're listening to Van Halen. <laughs> And they have no chance to pass. Like, there's no way you're passing me if I'm listening to Panama. Right. Oh, so yeah. guys today, are so stupid. I know. <laughs> today was I was listening to Panama. Were you? You're no, I wasn't. But Your that was the was equivalent. Pan- <laughs> no, I, I turn off all music when I'm in a situation like that. I'm oh, just really? like focus. Got to get there. There's a there's Punch a number of interesting it. puns here. Well, that's that's great to hear. Congratulations! Yeah, very much. I made it. Very, the the first is I want to go back to the Lamas breathing because <laughs> I I did that with my wife yeah. when oh, we so had sweet. our first kid. Like when you have the first kid, you do all these things because you feel you're supposed to do them. But I'll tell you. <laughs> There's nothing more useless in the moment than when the baby's actually coming. You know, your wife is being split in two by a new human being coming out of her genital area. And you're trying to instruct her how to breathe right. Like... Like she would listen to you. You go, let me tell you how to take in some oxygen right now the right way. Okay. No. In through the nose, Steph. Yeah. Now you're going to want to count to five. Yeah. And I'm the expert here. I'm the one who really knows how to breathe during this because I went to a 45-minute lecture. So just, you know, if you can stop screaming long enough to listen to me, please, because I'm trying to help. Please. Um, uh, so I, I have a, it brought back a visceral memory yeah. of that. But uh, my second point is a question. Was this guy our age or younger? Younger. Yeah, like a- He was in his 30s, definitely. And, and so he was, he was peak physical condition and he was no match for the Jewish shuffle today. I absolutely dusted I kind of need him. to see video proof of this because- oh. You're not I wonder if occasionally you aggrandize your stories. <laughs> you you get, come over here now. I bet he's still crying on the sidewalk. You can get video of him now. Now this guy Why would he just break into a light job? Like no, nope. it's just so you both knew you were doing this. And I, I mean, did I, you in my mind, look. Yeah, I'm saying again. In my mind, I put this on him that he wanted to walk faster than. <laughs> but of course, he if he started not. walking faster, and <laughs> right. you noticed he noticed that. He, I did. He did. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. But he could like, not. Why wouldn't he up? just break into a light? If he had broken into a light jog, what would you have done? No, the, I would have. I would have raised. <laughs> I would have raised my hands in victory because that's him admitting defeat. You cannot beat me walking, and he couldn't. He could not speed walking. And I guess my my final. It's not a question. It's sort of. It's sort of a topic. Yeah. A branching topic. So the way I see the world, particularly in terms of shitting, yeah. is, is I am. Like a Terminator who's constantly evaluating if I need to shit in any environment. Like, Ooh. what am I going to do? And I don't go anywhere without a game plan. Now, these include, I, you know, like hotels in the area, like yes. hotel yes. lobbies. Yes. I've, yeah. I've Barnes and Nobles. Gr- great use of Barnes and Nobles. Yeah. A good old yeah. Where I thought you were going was you put two and two together. This guy was going to a gym and I'll go into a gym. Yes. I'll follow no. him into the That's gym. That's what I thought too. No. Well, because if I make yeah. it to the gym, I make it to the office. It's the same place. All right, so right. like I knew I knew I like I can't stop anywhere in between on this walk. It's all residential. So it's like I'm not going to go knocking on doors. <laughs> now, how are you with in a situation where there's, situation. you know, four stalls? If there's someone already in there, does that impact what you're going to do and the ferocity with which you're going to do it? Oh, it's a great question. It, it wouldn't Will you have... hold back to like 60%? <laughs> it, I couldn't have today. Oh. Uh, in, most, okay. in most situations, yes, you'd be right. I'd be a little more reserved um, <laughs> with uh, the, the noises and the effort. But yeah. today it was, you know, unstoppable. <laughs> He's so, now, what if you recognized a pair of shoes and then would you feel that somehow that person had something over you for the rest of your life because oh. they knew you had taken a shit? 
Yeah. <laughs> is that how and it like, works? For, this is how my mind works about it. Is I'm so meticulous about it and so mortified by my own body that like if I saw a pair of shoes, I knew I might go somewhere. Like I know every bathroom in every building I'm yes. in. Yeah, sure. Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, I'm I, in the same I agree. Situation. And 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 I agree. Seeing a pair of shoes under there would have been bad. Seeing a pair of shoes I knew would have been worse. But I also knew that I'm getting into the office earlier than everyone, so it wasn't an issue. Because I, I used to have in my glove compartment the IDs <laughs> from every job where I'd ever worked. <laughs> and I would know, like, a roadmap of, I can go this place, I can go this place, I can go this place. Yeah. <laughs> Stopping in at CBS Television Show. Oh, <laughs> oh did, wow. that, did that several times. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Nice. Good move. Yeah. It's very centrally located. That's convenient. But yeah. today I had, the, and you know this about our bathroom at work, so it's pr- it's a pretty nice it's bathroom. Fine. As far it's as fine. those situations go, it's actually yeah. pretty yeah, good. Yeah, it's pretty good. So they have, you know, the giant sort of handicap stall, but then they have the sort of handicap stall <laughs> that's on the other side <laughs> where it's like it's it's a little bigger, it's got a handrails, but it's not the giant one. So that's the one I yeah. The handrails. Yeah, like you, you're just bracing. You just, yeah. you just learned you have Parkinson's. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, that was my morning, Goldie. How was you? How well, was your I'm morning? I'm sure that everyone is thoroughly disgusted. <laughs> yeah, at this point no, and is wondering <laughs> why do these three on the podcast? But I, these I, 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 well, in my mind, I, I sort of excuse JC from the vulgarity. <laughs> yeah, no, she's she's never, she doesn't come in with that. No, like that's, she's that's never us. taken a dump in her life. There's just a a a gloved hand that gently removes it like an. Do egg. you do you think that Olympic sprinters? <laughs> it's flips. a known tactic if you run say or say the hundred meter dash that you would get to the point just where you have to take a shit right before the race and that would help you? Yes, God. we got to have Hussein Bolt on here and ask him because <laughs> one thinking... interview question, that's it. Here we go. Uh, oh, yeah, we got to get to the bottom of that. Um, <laughs> Literally. Yeah, so I had I had an eventful morning. Goldie, how, how, have, you, how have you been? How have you been this morning? I've been all right. I was, uh, I had an emotional sneak attack last Ooh. night. Yeah. Oh, wow. I was, um, so I'm out walking my dog and, uh, you know, I, it's, it's the best thing for, it's done the the most for my Q rating in the neighborhood that like <laughs> I now, I now talk to everybody and they, everyone likes my dog. So, yeah. nice. you know, by extension, they seemingly like me a little bit. Um, <laughs> they sure. like you. So uh, I'm walking my dog and I see this guy, he's got a dog. I stop, I'm talking, he's wearing this hat, this white hat kind of a canvas hat. It's very beat up, but I recognize it. And I say to him, is that a Tilly hat by any chance? Do you know what a Tilly hat is? No, I don't. So I don't know if you remember kind of in the 70s and 80s, there were certain products that had like a lore behind them and you might only see them in a magazine and and the ad might be like a kind of well-drawn thing and with a lot of small print about the history of the product and you would yeah. stop because there was no internet, there was nothing to do and you right. would read about something yeah. stupid. Yeah. <laughs> so the Tilly hat was one of these products that was developed by this guy in Australia, I believe. And and like their whole thing was like, this is an indestructible hat. Right. Uh, if, if your hat is damaged for any reason, we'll send you a new hat for free, no questions asked. And yeah. they have, you know... In the ad, they would have uh, details about an elephant has swallowed this hat and passed it through, <laughs> and the owner would continue to wear it. Or so my, my dad loved that and bought a Tilly hat and, like, proudly wore a Tilly hat and was an ambassador for the Tilly hat right. with everyone, would evangelize about the Tilly hat, was more passionate about the Tilly hat than he was about his two sons. I I, I think if... If I had to isolate anything that he believed in, it, it was a Tilly hat. <laughs> so I I start saying to the guy, I'm like, you know, I'm, of course now I'm just babbling at this poor man who, you know, <laughs> had the misfortune of, of choosing a hat, <laughs> explaining to him what the hat meant to me. And, you know, my dad died over 10 years ago at this yeah. point. Yeah. And I just... And here come the tears. Oh, uh, while you're I'm, talking to I him, I say to him, I say, you know, I just really uh, want to thank you for the opportunity to talk about this hat. Like, <laughs> getting like all worked up about this fucking uh, Tilly hat, and it just, you know, it's uh, just crazy. I don't know if anyone out there is dealing with grief of any sort or loss of any sort. That like it, 
you know, you, it's not that I think I'm over it in any way, but you just kind of are able to put the grief on the back burner yes. and not think about it and go about your daily life. And then you see something stupid. Yeah. yeah. Like a fucking hat. <laughs> yeah. And it unwinds everything. And you start going like, I wish, you know, my dad were here and to see the hat. Yeah, like, of course. Who cares about the hat, you know? But I don't know. It's 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 funny just to me. I, I don't have a larger point about it. No, well, no, I think it's that so how, how, like, you know, we think we've, you know, we think we've buried our weapons in a John Wick-like layer right. of concrete that we could only access if we smash yeah. and, right. and, and pull out our guns. But it's like, no, they're just out in the open they're right there well i was gonna say your back turned to them i think that with grief i think it's i think it's amazing that you're able to still tap into it because like i think about historically for me i i think i've spoken about it i lost like three of my best friends in a car accident when i was in my early 20s and i i can see in my 50s now the painstakingly like protective measures I've gone through to never go through that again. So I make connections with people, but I always keep some sort of distance because I'm so afraid of that grief and that wow. pain. Oh. So I, I mean, but when I it bubbles <laughs> up, does part of you go like, it's happening right now, you know, it feels <laughs> so good. In I a don't, way. I mean, just to know that I can, something can be that important to me. Yeah, feels that, good. Yeah, I I should be able. I mean, I have my very important connection to Stu. Obviously, that is yeah. my treasure. And for me, I'm almost afraid to go deeper. You know, like with other people, because it's like, no, I, I cannot handle the thought of losing other people. So well, maybe. I'll just say to you that some element of it, just to know that I can care. Yes. To be aware of it, and to because you numb yourself, and you go n- numbing isn't the same as not feeling, and numbing isn't the same as like reconciliation. Yeah, and it's not the same as doing well. So that when you know you're not numb in a way, it's like oh, okay, I'm alive at least here. Yeah, you you're know? totally it's very right. You're totally right. You know, and this is something we I was going to talk about a couple weeks ago. We can talk about uh, at length another time. But I've started. In addition to therapy with my therapist, he's got me in this group therapy. Oh, wow. And it's actually been awesome. It's like an interactive therapy reality TV show is the way I describe it. It's like you're watching other people get therapized and you're kind of involved. Um, But what, Goldie, what you just said, there was a, a woman in there who had an emotional response to something. She started crying and then... They went around and asked everyone how they felt about her episode. And I was like, because it's true. I said, you know, honestly, I was envious of it because you were able to tap into an emotion and ride with it in a way that I feel like I'm unable to do. So when I see you, Goldie, getting emotional about your dad's hat or whatever it is, or JC thinking about your friends, like I have this feeling of like envy and emotional distance of like, I can cry at like a Charmin ad, you know, on yeah. TV. But then when I think about the things that I should be crying about, it's, there's just nothing there. I feel like a very blocked Do you culvert. feel, you don't feel anger? You don't feel a replacement emotion? No. It's almost scarily like nothing. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Which, well, I mean, know. I think it's, it, you know, as you get older, you'll see, you'll be 50 soon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you kind of become aware, like, not you're on borrowed time, but that you're on limited time. Yeah. The yeah. clock is definitely running and you go, is the point of my life to just avoid this discomfort and, you know, exist in some sort of pleasantness until I expire? Or is the point to go through all these things and maybe somehow by grappling with them, you get to a higher level? I don't yeah. know. But would right. the higher level even be as high as the artificial pleasantness that you can construct for yourself by avoiding it? Right. 
That's a great question, and I don't know the answer, but I would certainly like to try to plug in, which is why I'm doing all the therapy. Can I ask what the group therapy is about? You don't have to share that if you don't want it. What it's about? Well, why you've entered into this. Well, uh, because honestly, I really, really like- Is this like being a therapy (laughs) all-star? You've been selected (laughs) for a higher form of therapy. That's the way I choose to look at it. Traveling therapy squad. (laughs) We're going to go have therapy against other- cities (laughs) so uh yeah no i i did it because and i would never naturally do this like if this were presented to me say by tall i would be like no but i'm I'm in the regular therapy and i really really like my therapist and i think he's been you know helpful for me and he suggested that i do this that he he's also runs this thing so i figured all right this guy hasn't led me wrong yet i'll I'll just be open to it. I'll try it. And uh, I've really enjoyed it so far. Actually, I have it later today. Awesome. So, um, yeah, it's it's kind of, uh, it's been fascinating. And every once in a while, you feel like a little closer to, to what we were just talking about, like tapping into something real yeah. inside of you that gets scary and you instantly try to lamaze it away. <laughs> I'm just going to put this, this into the podcast because there's a guest that I've been wanting to recruit, this woman, yeah. Nicole Sachs, who has a podcast. I tried, I reached out to her, but I didn't hear back. Oh, you didn't? Yeah. I'll reach out to her as well cool. because yeah. I, this is, her podcast is just all about this stuff and she's so smart about how she talks about it and has such, you know, meaningful things to say that, yeah. you know, it, I, I'd love to give to our audience the, the benefit of her wisdom at yeah. some point. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a Happy price. Got your happy price, price line. Well, that sounds like a good idea. Well, let's. Sounds like we can roll right in to Johnny Jokes. <laughs> Whoa! From Hollywood! Here's Tragic Johnny's! <laughs> oh boy, okay bunch to choose from this week i'll make all the wrong choices uh all right let's start with this one my favorite topic scientists (laughs) scientists have discovered a frozen meteorite in antarctica that contains some of the oldest material in the solar system yeah Uh, apparently the meteorite contains iron bauxite and today's monologue. <laughs> I, I, I the the same phantom pooper. Uh, his his punchline would have been and two Rolling Stones tickets. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Yeah, that's right. The same phantom pooper. He would have written that a hundred percent. That's great. Uh, let's see. Okay. Well, more from the world of science. Uh, geologists had changing it up with geologists uh, have concluded that the Earth's core has stopped rotating and may begin to move in reverse. Yeah. Uh, Experts believe it's all part of Tom Brady's plan to play another 20 years in the NFL. (laughs) Going backwards. Yeah. 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 That's Uh, one that just, it's a joke and then it's over. (laughs) That's right. Exactly. (laughs) You spent, you, you passed 20 seconds. (laughs) That's 20 seconds in the show. We don't have to worry. That's right. That's behind us. It's gone. It's officially checked as a joke. Uh, Well, the big game, speaking of football, the big game is coming up and all the talk is about the ads. Yeah. Uh, Apparently there will be a $100 million ad for Jesus Christ. Whoa. This is true, yeah. Uh, You know, just like he would have wanted. (laughs) (laughs) And finally. A lot less effort in that one, you notice, and better. (laughs) Better, I know. It just comes easier. I should take a lesson from that. Uh, Embattled embarrassment, George Santos. Oh, yeah. Uh, has informed his fellow Republicans that he will be stepping down from his committees. Because he just made the top 10 on this season's American Idol. (laughs) 
Second Johnny. Take it away. <laughs> All right. Well, <clears throat> a little sad news. Uh, oh. Porn actor Ron Jeremy is demented, living in a mental hospital, and believes he's shooting a porno with the nurses. Oh. Yeah. As opposed to when he was sane and in mental hospitals filming pornos with the nurses. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Russia has expanded its attacks in the Ukraine, threatening to draw in NATO and escalate to World War III. And uh, 40% of Americans say if that happens, they're ready to take up arms and fight for Russia. (laughs) (laughs) Got him. Okay. (laughs) New York has, New York City, the Big Apple, New York City, has shattered a 50-year record for a snowless winter. And it's devastated city residents who find it romantic when the city is covered in a fresh layer of yellow. (laughs) (laughs) That's pee-pee. Yep, that's what happens. (laughs) Okay, facing more scandals over his lies, embattled Congressman George Santos says he's not going to resign. Santos says he's immune to pressure and determined to represent the voters who elected him president. Uh, We'll we'll do a million jokes about this guy, none of them quite funny. (laughs) But we'll we'll all get the word embattled. The same pattern, they'll all in it's embattled that he did this. That wasn't what he said. He's a liar, folks. Yeah. And I you know, and I'll do this one as a norm. I don't know, it's it's probably Johnny, but I'll do it as a norm. A 26-year-old female police officer fired for having sex with multiple colleagues says she did it because she cracked under pressure. Well, everyone deserves a second chance, which is why I'd like to offer her a high-pressure job here. That's another one in the book. Nice. It's behind us. Not an easy week for me. No, Mm. no. I mean, what would these, uh, you know, the skippy hats or whatever it was? Tilly. Tilly hats. Tilly hats. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. You know, what would that fucking little thing you had? You know what, my friend, you can you can shit in a tilly hat, (laughs) and it will not break. (laughs) It's true. Actually, it's probably a good plan for you. Yeah, tilly hat. That's right. It's like your squatty body. Um, well, this week we have a, a very fun uh, topic. Goldie, you thought of this uh, last week, and uh, tell the folks what we're going to talk about today. Yeah, so I, I wanted to talk about writing for a show that you dislike. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're staffed on the show, you have a job, in your heart of hearts, you don't like the show. <laughs> yep. Which is maybe a more luxurious problem that happened in a previous wave of more and better television jobs. So I acknowledge up top that people today might not have the luxury of being able to to even have that feeling and and to have feel they have choices. Where yeah. It's like if you get a job, you just take that job because everything is eight episodes and who knows. But, you know, this is something that I I found myself in this position a few different times and I handled it wrong every time. <laughs> so I want to talk about that and then I want to talk about what I think are better ways to handle it and how you can both get into this situation or avoid the situation. And once you're in this situation, how to handle the situation and maybe how to get out of the situation. <laughs> right. Situation. So yeah. the first time this happened to me was I was writing for our, our good friend, Mr. Craig Kilborn, happy yeah. as a clam. Yeah. Nice. Uh, loved my job. Never once looked at the clock. The yeah. three and a half years there. Agree. Awesome. Every day it was five 30 before I knew it. And I was wow. leaving and going like, can't wait to be here tomorrow. Yep. Um, Amazing. Then Craig <laughs> just one day comes in and goes, just so you know, guys know I'm leaving. Uh, <laughs> consulting nobody. And we were in this weird position where because he surprised CBS, they, they were caught off guard and they didn't have a backup plan. And so they said, like, we're going to run through a bunch of guest hosts and kind of hold the sweepstakes yeah. Narrowing it down to five. Each of those five will get a week to host the show and then they'll be a permanent host of the show, which is pretty unprecedented. Yeah. And I didn't mind being involved with that because you were writing for a different host every night. And I got to meet some very cool people. I, I worked with Bob Saget. I worked with oh, Jason wow. Alexander. Uh, Susan Sarandon hosted like it was it was pretty cool. Yeah. Wow. Um, 
And then the finalists, it came down to maybe there were four. I remember uh, Michael Ian Black, Craig Ferguson, our good friend Damian Fahey, oh, and D.L. Hughley. Oh, I didn't know um, Damian was in yeah. that mix. <laughs> Damian was in. He hosted the Late Late Show for a week. Wow. Um, and that was who I wanted to get it. Um, yeah, cool, yeah. Craig Ferguson got it. And then they were in a situation where he didn't really have writers he wanted to bring on. Um, you know, it had all happened very fast. And then they had to keep people on who just knew how to get a show on the air. And I was one of those people. So the, the then head writer, uh, the Mike Gibbons for Kilborn saw, you know, what was happening and was like, I don't want to be a part of this. And, he, and had parlayed a better situation for himself. And he left, I think, kind of just as suddenly. So they promoted me to head writer. So right. obviously I'm going to take that promotion because I'm now like, you know, maybe 32 years old or something. Yeah. I'm head writer of a late night show and yeah. I'm going, yeah. this is everything I wanted. But yeah. from the moment I met him, it was clear that Craig Ferguson and I were not going to share a sense of humor, <sighs> oh, nor were we particularly going to see eye to eye. Um, and I don't blame him because I was Kilborn's guy. Like I had this great relationship with Kilborn. So why would you come in and go, Oh, I'm sure this person who was allied with the last host is going to be my best friend here. And so right, I think he was point. a little bit surveying the situation and see what was going on. And it sounds like uh, he had voices in his ear telling him. That's well, he that's had a voice, guy. Uh, a guy named Peter LaSalle, who is yeah. this sort of vaunted uh, executive producer. Now I'm getting deep in the weeds here, and this might be interesting to some people. people love the weeds. Some people, oh, yeah, but yeah, yeah. whatever. <laughs> uh, so Peter LaSalle was sort of a vaunted producer for Johnny Carson, who... When he left David Letterman, because he was so blinded by Carson's aura, he wanted yeah. part of anything to do with Carson, brought him over to help him with the Letterman show for yeah. some reason. That then turned into, I'm sending you to California to do the Late Late Show. During the Kilbourne years, he was there, but wasn't someone we consulted with on a daily basis. But he smartly, because he's a show business veteran, saw an opportunity in the chaos yeah. for him to assert himself and and suddenly be like, I'm the Svengali of this. And yeah. yeah. Clearly, he he realized, like, one thing I can do is just badmouth this guy to right. boost myself up. And maybe yeah. – and I'm sure he believed I was doing a bad job. And I probably was doing a bad job because I didn't like the show. Right. Good point. Yeah. I did not like the sense of humor on the show. It was not what we had been doing on Killboard. I didn't find it, like, particularly funny. That's yeah, not you, Craig Ferguson's fault. Yeah, he uh, deals he deals in cheekiness, and that's not really your thing. Like, he deals in being the comedy of being adorable. In oh, retrospect, I, I was being a total snob. I came from stand-up. I had a bad attitude. I thought, here's what's funny, and if you're outside that, I don't find it funny. Today, I would go, none of this matters. Right. I have a job. I have yeah. a good job. It's my job to make the host look good. Yeah. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to, like, kind of relax, meditate, find out what he likes, yeah. give him what he likes, build up a rapport, and once I have a rapport, I'll get in what I want to do. Yes. Yeah, very important advice. That's, That's very not good what advice, I though. Here's what I did. Got mad. <laughs> <laughs> I would stand at the podium every day and I'd have to laugh, which I found myself unable to do. So before the show, I'd get really drunk. Oh, <laughs> wow. yes. And I'd stand drunk at the podium and going like, <laughs> everything he said. So I'm oh my quickly God. fired within like... Yeah, three weeks, which is totally what should have happened. Oh. Totally what should have happened. But of course, I'm mad about it, right. going like, can you believe this fucker just comes in and then I'm, you know, hell, I'm writing these awesome jokes and he fired. It's like, I'm not doing my job. So uh, that's, a that's great, one way. That's a great story. Yeah. yeah it, it, when, you, when you brought up this topic, it immediate, immediately, and I totally agree with you about Kilborn. like loved all, all the time I spent there, like really fun to work for Craig um, and, you know, just had a delightful time there. Then went out into the world of sitcoms and I was lucky where my first sitcom job was run by Mike Scully. Oh, so wow. that yeah. was a blast. And that, what and I did, that? it was called the pits. Oh, right, it right, was right. on Fox. It came and went pretty quickly, but I really did like the show and I loved the writing staff. Like, so that was, you know, I'm, I'm kind of two for two there. Then after that is where it started to like, I started to get a real taste of, you know, things that maybe weren't to my taste, but I'm there anyway for the job. So my writing partner, Wellesley, and I got a job on the Roseanne cooking 
slash talk show. Oh, wow. So this was a thing, and oh, my God, talk about something that you didn't really like. They didn't know what it was. Was that at 30 Rock? No. No, it was, was it was in uh, El Segundo. Oh, oh okay. Um, the glamorous <laughs> El Segundo. So we used to go to El Segundo on the King's Highway every day and uh, just sit there and wait for them to, like, figure out what they wanted to do. It would be like waiting around for Roseanne to come in, seeing what kind of mood she was in. She has, she had, and I think still has, as our friend Ted Jessup used to describe him, his her drifter boyfriend, <laughs> like <laughs> this guy who looked sort of like uh, Sam Elliott in Roadhouse, who would kind of like shadow Roseanne and kind of whisper in her ear like that sounds the Jeff funny. Jeff Galuli type. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So this, it was like we were at held hostage by sort of this drifter's whims and Roseanne's moods. And nothing would ever really work out. We'd always plan, like, today there's going to be a remote where Roseanne goes to a farmer's market. So, like, we have to write some jokes about her walking around. Of course, we don't know what's at the... F- I mean, we can generally... Well, those avocados. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so we're writing, what are those avocados in a room? And, like, Wellesley and I are looking at each other. And if you if you know Wellesley, his one of his catchphrases is, what the fuck? And so, like, we would, <laughs> every one. day I would get a steady, a healthy dose of what the fucks and we don't know what we're doing but at after a certain point like and here's another way to deal with something you don't like find it funny like find it funny yes. how bad it is mm-hmm. which is and and again goldie you were in a different position because you were all alone so you're you know this head writer at a podium on a show that you don't really jive with and that sucks but i, I had wellesley so, like, we could always look at each other and just be like, dude, what the fuck is happening here? And, and yeah. of course, the show spun out of control. I think it aired twice and then was gone forever. But that's a good way if you're writing on something that you don't like, find a way to find it funny. And I'll, I'll expand on that. I think that's a great point because I, I think you can also, at that point, realize you're collecting material. For a workplace sitcom (laughs) that doesn't exist yet. Because all this inner office dynamics, all the weirdness, like, you know, someone drinking at work or someone, you know, handing a host a bunch of avocado jokes and then going around going, what the fuck? Like, that's all real Uh, and it's all funny. And so I think the advice, and I had this written down and you said it without saying it, which was like, try to reframe the situation. Into anything you can get out of it. And a a sort of corollary of that theory is you can reach a point where you know you're not getting the satisfaction out of it that you came in for. Like most of us, my problem with Ferguson, I realized it really wasn't the comedy. It was something internal where I liked being the boss's favorite. I was Craig Kilborn's favorite. Yes. I loved it. I felt good about myself. I had self-esteem from that. Yep. I enjoyed our conversations. And Ferguson, I I wasn't his favorite, so I was like an angry child that was like, if he had just said, like, you're so funny, man, just show me what to do, I would have been like, he's the greatest guy in the world. But of course, I'm like an egomaniac, and I'm like, he doesn't value what I do. Why would he? I'm not doing anything good for him. So, you know, you you have to identify the problem. And and I did, I was able to make a little progress, because then the the next things I worked for were were a D.L. Hughley talk show and a David Spade talk show. And I, I wasn't those guys' favorite either, but I wasn't their least favorite. Like, I just had a good cordial relationship with them. Yeah. Right. Um, where I was able to, you know, kind of get some stuff on the show. But they definitely weren't turning to me as their go-to person. And, and that, you know, I had to learn that you can't be the go-to person on every show. Like, right. and what if you are, enjoy it. But that's an anomaly. Yes. Right. That's and a that great point. It's a great point about of yourself. work, you know, I've had a lot of other jobs outside of show business. Most of work is not good or fun or whatever. It's for money. So yeah. now you're in the situation you were before you entered show business, which was like, hey, you're doing a job. But the the thing I'd like to add here that kind of goes along the corollary to reframing it and trying to get something out of it, whether it's a workplace sitcom, is what if you think of it this way? What if you think... I am right now getting paid a writer's salary to be in a master's program about television production. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. That's because a good thought. Yeah. I realize there's so many things I don't know. 
that people would kill to have access to. Like you go, I want to learn how, what the director does of a talk show. Well, you work there. Yeah. So now you can just go to the director and say, hey, I'm interested in directing. Can you show me a little bit? Ask the right. cameraman. How do you decide? You know, how do you follow? And just start picking up details that you can bring somewhere else, you yeah. know, Such because I'll tell point. you what, the, the script coordinators on sitcoms know more about directing than the hotshot directors that come in because they've been on a thousand sets. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And, the Gladwell theory. Yeah. Like they, it all they up. know and they know who's an idiot and who's smart and who's good or who's bad. And they no one ever asks them their opinion on every, everyone treats them like the help all the time. So you can learn a lot by just being there. Oh, and yeah. forgetting that you hate it and yes. instead say like, look, I'm making a living and I have access to knowledge here that I can use. And that knowledge you can use, which leads into my next point, is you want to be always able to D.B. Cooper your way out of a situation. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Jump explain. out of the back of yeah, the plane. For those who don't know D.B. <laughs> Cooper, he's sort of a, a 1970s icon where he came, uh, he like robbed a bank, right? Oh. Yeah, he I don't had know where some, he got the money. He had some amount of money that yeah, that I yeah. think he robbed a bank for like four. He he had robbed four hundred thousand dollars. He got on an airplane. They knew he was on the airplane. They were going to get him when he landed, and he asked them to open the door of the airplane. And he parachuted out into the Oregon forest, and no one saw him again. <laughs> no one's money. no one's ever Incredible. seen him. Wow, no one's ever seen. He him. might still be alive. Wow. He might be a skeleton in a pine tree. <laughs> yeah, that's petrified. That's true. Right, from fifty years of exposure to the elements, or he might be hanging out <laughs> with with an amount of money that was nowhere near enough to last. Him. <laughs> right, right, <laughs> but. And I've done a good job of this until right now in my career is I've always been ready to go to another job. Like you, if you have another script, if you have another, like, just don't let yourself be in a position where you can't leave because you're not ready to leave. That's a great point, yeah. too. That's so, a great point, too. You know, it, it, you should be using this time. Like one thing I did when I was at Ferguson was I, I knew I wanted to get into scripted and I knew I knew you guys who were in script. Like I had some connections to get into sitcoms from late night, but I, right. you know, hadn't made the leap and I didn't have a spec script. So what I did was I, I told myself, <laughs> I can't believe I did this. I, I, I said, <laughs> I knew like, I, I was like, you have to write a script. I couldn't get myself to write a script. So I would go on the floor underneath my desk and I would say, you're not allowed to get up off the floor until you write three pages. That's ah, incredible. That's and so I would hide under my desk. I wasn't allowed off the floor. And, and then within, you know, 10 days, I had 30 pages. What? And then 15 days in two weeks, I Whatever had it takes, a script. Right? That's because great. Because I, I punished myself, you know, you in a been... weird, bizarre S&M fashion. <laughs> I know. You would have been one of those self-flagellating monks. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but then I had the script. And then, you know, I was able to reasonably ask of people like, hey, can you, you know, and I, it didn't wind up happening then, but at least I then used the time where, you know, instead of working on the show I was working on, which I knew was a, a fruitless endeavor because they weren't using any of the shit I was doing anyway, that I was like, well, I could just write my own stuff because they're still paying me. Yeah. Right. Um, That's so a great plan. Uh, you can yeah. do that. It's not going to enhance your rep reputation, which, which brings me to another point. Yeah. Which is that, say you hate it, Say you're miserable. Again, don't be like me. Don't be an asshole. <laughs> don't let everyone know you're miserable. If you, if you can avoid it, don't like, because no one likes hearing it. No, like, right. don't call your agency. You, you have to give me, you're going to instantly be their least favorite client. No one likes to hear someone with a decent job complain. Yes. Even if you hate the decent job. So, and here's the other thing is at every job you're at, you're auditioning for all the people who are staffed with you to show them what kind of coworker you are. Because, if you get an offer somewhere else or if you're close, the first thing that that showrunner is going to do is call anyone they know on any show you work on and say, hey, I'm thinking of hiring this person. Are they good? Are they bad? Yes. Yeah. Like, what's the deal? And if you walked around like a fucking dickhead, yeah. that's going to come out. Yeah. Yes. So, you know, maybe what you, a better approach is say like, okay, I can't get the host on my side. That's, that's a foregone conclusion. But who are the talented people here? Yeah. Um, is there a number two who's talented? Can I sort of make myself useful to them in any way so that I can get a good reputation with this person who's now a number two or a number three who one day will be a number one or who, if they're called, will vouch for me and say, hey, look, it was a shit show over there. 
but they in this horrible environment, which is something I've said about people in the past and, and gotten them jobs. I feel, I said like, look, that show was bad. We all knew it was bad. Right. But they kept, they kept moving their legs till the end. And so if they're on a good show, I can only imagine how good they'll be. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're hundred percent right about that. Like in terms of just being, if you're not, if the host doesn't find you funny or the star doesn't find you funny, if other writers find you funny, that's invaluable. That's and so yeah. just continue to to try and and do your best and and you're right nobody likes the guy who comes in every day and complains like that just drags everybody down yeah because people um, might be more advanced in their attitudes than you and some people might not like the show but they might have kids and they might go like I can't <laughs> like, I really need this to work out yeah. so stop coming in my office and bitching because now I'm in a bad frame of mind yep yeah so you're 100%. for you to put that on other people is you know both bad in in a sort of social sense but it's it, in a selfish sense it's bad as well because you're you're not enhancing your reputation no now jc i'm I'm curious do you have any thoughts on this topic yeah. like is this something that you've encountered in your professional life as well well okay i will say i may come from a different place because for me being a, a woman and a, and, a, and a minority in the job that i do I believed, and may, this may or may not be true, but because I believe in my my skill and talent, whatever, right. I believed that I didn't have to settle for for jobs that I that I didn't want. Right. But there was a job that I thought I wanted, and I didn't realize it was a. I was tour managing and mixing front of house for a band. I won't name the band; they're pretty big. And um, on my first tour with them, we put, we did like this big MTV party and all this kind of stuff. And we had to fly across the country to play Kimmel. Yeah. And I was like, I just didn't, I realized I hate this music. And I had to sit there and mix the music. And right. I, I, what I did was I cranked the music so loud. I started like <laughs> blowing the speakers at this party. You could see like the sparks going. <laughs> and like people were running and being like, what's fucking wrong with you? And I was like, what? It sounds great. And then... <laughs> We missed the flight to LA the next morning because I didn't care. This is like a b total byproduct. Wow. I didn't Shocked to hear. <laughs> that wait, 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 wait. What's yeah. the correlation between you not caring and missing the flight? Because I didn't realize it that I didn't care until I realized when we missed the flight. It wasn't like I, I, I'm the per kind of person who sets two alarms when I right. wake up, even for our podcast. You know, it's like, when I care about something, I make sure everything is on point. But with this, I was like, I didn't even think about, oh, I got to get everybody ready to get on this, you know, be in the lobby at this point. We miss a flight. We're at the airport and I'm like, we miss a flight to Kimmel. Like I had no yeah. passion to help to help them. And so was, what happened? Well, she started crying. The, the singer started crying. Oh, she. They, okay, we're getting clues. Breadcrumbs. <laughs> so um, was, this, was this garbage? No, it wasn't. Okay. They weren't that big. They weren't okay. as big. But at the time, they were big. They had a big, big single. And sure. um, and um, she started crying, and they basically fell for it. And they got us on the next flight. We made we made Kimmel, and then we got there. And I'm just thinking, like, I hate this job. And I basically we got back, and I just said, I don't, I don't think I ever want to be a tour manager slash front of house person. Do you ever have like the do you think part of it, because this is what it was for me with, with Ferguson, was in the recesses of my mind, I was like, I should be hosting the show. Like, I don't, I, don't, I mean, I don't actually believe that. Yeah, yeah. But I kind of believe that, right? Yeah. Like, do you think, was any part of it for you, I should be on stage? Oh. And I'm helping these people, and I feel like I'm more deserving in some way. In this case, no. I mean, she's, I feel like she's a star. She's always been, like, she's very talented, very you know, it was an amazing band. I don't know. But in this case, no. And I've never been the type to actually believe in myself in that way, like as an artist. Otherwise, I probably wouldn't have be here. But um, <laughs> on this podcast. <laughs> no, God, I always do that. You got your dig in. <laughs> I did. Yeah. I mean, as an, <laughs> I love the podcast. Let's, not, let's just clarify that. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, anyway, um, no, I probably wouldn't. Well, I, I loved I love audio. I love being an engineer. But it, I think that if I was like, yeah, I have I have it as an artist or whatever, I would have pursued it more. So in that case, I never felt that way when I was mixing or tour managing. But I prefer 
audio over being like the babysitter tour manager. Well, yeah. So in terms of the music world, I'm wondering, is what you do the equivalent of writing in that Alec and I started out as stand-up comics, and then I went to two years of acting school, and it was kind of like, I'm going to be the one up front. But then I realized, oh, this isn't maybe going to work out for me, but there's this thing that's adjacent to that where I have a lot of the skills that I can make that happen. Is that sort of like how most people wind up in music production is that they they were performers themselves? I think so. I will say for me, my intention was always to pursue being an engineer. I mean, I had heard um, the Beastie Boys record. Um, Paul's Boutique. Paul's Boutique. Paul's Boutique came out. I was completely obsessed with this record. And that was the reason why I wanted to become an engineer and a producer. So that was my intention, was always to go that route. Um, and then on the way, I'd always been very musical. I'd played music, and um, that's I got a scholarship to Berkeley based off of my musical abilities. So I went to Berkeley for music, but really my intention was to be uh, go into production and engineering. So I'm so curious who this band is. I can't wait for the show to, <laughs> show to end so you it's can tell us off air. We're going to just listeners know that we will know who it is when we're done with this program. <laughs> I was just going to mention briefly that there was a show called uh, The Ortegas. Oh, yeah. That I, that I worked on. Mm -hmm. And it was run by uh, Wally Walidarski and Maya Forbes, who are very funny, nice people. They came, came out of the Simpsons world. Very, like, oh, gifted, that. funny people. Um, but the show was kind of a mess. It was based on a, a a British show called The Kumars, and it was supposed to be a hybrid sitcom talk show. Oh. And so it's already messy to begin wow. with. But at that time, I was still a very junior writer. And the way Wally and Maya ran that room, they they only kept counsel with the senior writers. So all day, every day, I played poker with the three Mexican writers on the show. <laughs> we played all day, every day. I remember bringing checks in to work like, here you go, Julio. That was his name, Julio Calderon. I'm like, here's your $800. Oh, my God. Yeah, no, it, it got, they, they, they knew a sucker when they saw one. So that was how I dealt with uh, that show. So play poker if you want. <laughs> um, but yeah, let's, let's, uh, let's take a shift. Yes. Yeah, make let's it, talk. Let's, let's talk about happen. because uh, read this email, JC, because yes. we had a, a legit question from one of our friends. This is from Elliot Pierce. Oh, I went to high school with oh, Elliot. You did? Hi, Elliot. How are you? Hi, Nicest Elliot. Nicest guy. Love him. Um, the subject is NFL records slash predictions. Alec and Goldie and JC, whatever happened with your NFL predictions? With only one game to go, is it close? Love the show. It makes my Monday morning, Elliot. <laughs> yeah, Goldie, you can handle this one, but I thought it tied in nicely with our podcast from a few weeks ago about taking a knee. Oh, we nice. fucked up. Look, <laughs> we, we kept forgetting to do it on air, but we were texting each other picks yes. all season. Yep. And there was a time where I was ahead. There was a time where you were ahead. There, then I was ahead. And then we were even. And we got down to the last week of the season, and both of us said, like, do you want to write eight Johnny jokes? No. Do you? know? And so we said, can we just call a truce on this because we're tied and not do it? Yep. So, were you hoping that people would just forget? Kind of. No. And like, also, it was it was not that exciting to talk about oh, on the no, podcast, like our wasn't. picks. I mean, and we did that whole show that we had to throw out when we were talking about football. So yeah. I think there was a little trauma. I think the Rams could be seven and nine this year. <laughs> yeah, they've really uh, got something going over Their there. Their QB situation is up in the air. <laughs> yes, I'm wondering about Stafford's elbow. Uh, if, if he can, if the line can stay good, perhaps they could make a wild card. Let's move on to, to a different team. I think what you a, even what asked a wretched. me. Yeah, you were like, uh, do you care about this at all? Like to me, and I was like, not even a little bit. No, <laughs> and you're no. like, oh, uh, okay. Well, yeah, but so Goldie summed it up perfectly. We we found ourselves tied like right towards the end of the season, and I think we both saw an opportunity. Like we both felt like we were going to lose the coin flip and we would have to be stuck with the, the eight jokes. So we were just like, let's call it a tie we'll call yeah. it a push and move on so elliot that's what happened we gave up we took a knee well what yeah. if we did something different where you guys had to read jokes submitted 
by other people or something. Well, yeah, let them submit them. Maybe, but I don't know. That, that, then we'd have to read them, and then no, you know, maybe you if don't. People have a we knew submitted them, and they were like, "You didn't read my joke." And it's like, then you have to have this conversation where you go, "I didn't like your." <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to use that tone of voice. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe you don't get a chance to read them. I just send them to you the morning of. Oh well, believe Casey, me. Why don't you if we take got the them. jokes? Yeah, and you do a monologue for us. <laughs> uh, Wait, yes. can we take that back? <laughs> I love that suggestion. I would be so bad, I think, at reading them. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Let's try it some week, though. If if people mail in jokes and you feel there's enough there for you to do a Johnny joke sesh, then uh, yeah. let's do it. Yeah. Send it. What's the email address, Alec? Ah, typical disgusting display at gmail.com. Send in those jokes for title them jokes for JC. <laughs> and we'll see if we can cobble together a Carson monologue that's as terrible as the one you usually hear. Uh, should be no mean feat. And now it's the part of the show we like to call Top Five. Top Five. Oh, yes. Listen to us sing. That's us, by the way. <laughs> Uh, so this was my uh, top five category this week. And to refresh your memory, the category is other than family members, top five people you'd bring back to life. Oh. Uh, and this doesn't it doesn't mean necessarily like just to have like dinner with them. It's just oh. you want them here on Earth. Shoot. I had this wrong. I had it, it as dinner with. I don't know why you both thought that because Goldie know. asked me the same question. <laughs> could so. be lunch. Yeah, it could <laughs> be a, like a a, a, a a boozy brunch. Um, all right, I'll Look, get us. Let's just say you have the option to bring them back to life and walk away, or you have the option to say like, hey, what are you doing this afternoon? Do you have any plans having just come back to life? There you go. So <laughs> okay. so my, I'll just say my thought going into this was these are just people I kind of wanted back in the world because I felt they had more to, more to give. Okay. So number five, we talk about him every week. Norm. Oh, oh, oh yeah. Norm. Because yeah. uh, even when he was still with us, you know, every other day there used to be some new clip of him doing something funny on yeah. his, his talk show or, or whatever, and it was just glorious. So Norm. Um, similar vein, enjoyed him, Brody Stevens. Oh, oh yeah. Miss Brody, and I uh, wish I could get that, you know, once every other month call uh, from him, uh, him complaining about the state of the world. Uh, very funny. Miss him. Number three. Here's where they get a little weird and different. Number three for me, Patrick Swayze. Oh, that's pretty good. I, like <laughs> yeah. it. I, I fucking love Patrick Swayze. Aww. That guy yeah. gave us a lot of yeah. happiness For and sure. he yeah. just seemed like very likable. And it, it, it was like he died way too soon. So yeah. if I could be any person from any movie, <laughs> I might be Swayze from Point Break. Oh, <laughs> <sick>. <laughs> <Totally>. oh Bodie. <laughs> Bodie. He's so cool. Bodie. He's super so fucking cool. Super yeah. cool. Yeah, and that right. guy was always in the best shape. It was infuriating. Yeah. <laughs> um, and had a great he uh, head of like early 90s hair. <laughs> great lion's mane. He looked like a lion. Uh, number two, another strange choice because he did live quite a while. But boy, do I miss this guy. Jerry Orbach. Oh, I love so Law good. and Order so much. Yeah. Oh, he was so one. great on that show. Are and you I watching that again or something? <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm always oh, kind okay. of watching it. But <laughs> awesome. yeah. Uh, and number one for me, I think a very funny guy who had a lot more to give and made me feel very happy, uh, John Candy. Oh, oh that's one. a great one. Mr. Yeah. Candyman. Candyman. All right, that's my list, Goldie. You're up. I went in like a totally different direction. No, no problem. Um, number five. I bring back to life Adolf Hitler. He goes, I'm alive, and then I smash his head with a rock. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's a good joke. Okay, I like that one. <laughs> I'm back. No, you're not. Bye. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> maybe I even do that a few times. Yeah, maybe it's all five. <laughs> uh, number four is just someone I've always been fascinated with, Leonardo da Vinci, given oh, that he yeah. seemingly invented helicopters yes. Yes. In, a lot of in things. the year 1400 or whatever. Yeah, that's yeah. Like, what a weirdo. I, love I it. would like to just see what he was like. Yeah, yeah, same. Number three, is she really that hot Helen of Troy? <laughs> oh, that's oh. a good one. Bring her yeah. back. 
see like hey are you you think you could be an influencer or what are we gonna, what are we going to do with you yeah. Did, do I, you measure up are we are we launching ships over this yes yeah, right. speaking of measuring up i think she could she could at best be 4 foot 6 so it would have been a little <laughs> tough today they were very short back then uh number 2 i get guitar lessons from jimi hendrix Ooh, oh sweet love it um and number 1 i guess like i'll go i i, I really didn't know because I I don't want to like put the weight of number one on this person because it makes it seem like I'm no they're just them, it's, it's just five people I, I really miss Robin Williams <gasps> oh. oh my god you know what and, Goldie and... we have crossover oh <laughs> crossover appeal well Goldie you have that such a sweet story with him where you've actually interacted with him a yeah. couple of times so and I just I just really like you know I know in comedy circles he fell out of vogue uh, but I just always I always loved it yeah no. Oh, He's that's great. awesome. He's back in vogue now. Ooh. All right, JC, what do you got? Okay, so I took this list sort of like um, people who could answer some questions. Like, yeah, what wha- happened? Yeah. So my number five is Tupac Shakur. Oh, oh, good one. So I actually went to high school with Tupac. Um, what? Yeah, oh, yes, how we, is this just coming out now? We're know, scrambling so to much. fill episodes, <laughs> Guys, and all I've of a sudden, so much content. You went to prom with Tupac? No, I went to high school. <laughs> oh, okay. I imagine. No, I'm just trying to make it better. <laughs> oh, 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 yeah. No, no, no. We went to high school. I went to a pretty small high school also, and he was a very, very nice guy. And I'll just quick anecdote. We had to change the mascot of our of our high school, which was the Tamalpais Indians, and there was a an assembly to change it from the Indians because it's racist yep. to the Red Tail Hawks. This is in the eighties, so we're very progressive in Mill Valley. Right. And he did he rapped about why we should change it had, during this assembly. Wow. And I remember looking over at my girlfriends and I going, "He's pretty good." <laughs> <laughs> you had an eye for talent even yeah. back then. Yeah, which is yeah. So anyway, that was uh, my number five. My number That's four. Great. Anthony Bourdain. Hmm. Sure. Feels what? like he's still here, though. They show, they show all the specials all the time. Yeah, I, I want to know. Did. did you really? Did he really? There's some, like, I don't know. Talk about conspiracy theories. I don't know. Why would he kill himself? Anyway. Yeah. Um, number Whoa. three. <laughs> Whoa. What are we saying? I don't know. I feel like there's a slew of people that their, their deaths were deemed suicides, but I don't really believe it. Yeah. Wow. And, yeah. and and Robin Williams was one of those. Exactly. Yeah. No, he, that's a. Super, I mean, he was a yeah. very depressed uh, individual. So sure. Maybe, but so number three, Prince. Oh uh-huh. yeah, that's a good, good one. one. Yeah. That's a good one. Number two, Robin Williams. Mm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not your fault. <laughs> it's not your fault. <laughs> and number. Okay, I'm bringing you back, but no Southern preacher character. <laughs> <laughs> well, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> and number one, maybe he knows who killed him, John F. Kennedy. Yeah, yeah, suicide. Suicide from a hundred meters. <laughs> suicide. Oh, uh, those, those are great lists. Yeah, I, I, even though you were like, "Oh, I didn't know. I did it wrong." You guys both had fantastic. It's a good lists. topic. Yeah, I didn't think you know it. It was a deceivingly good topic. Yeah, yes. and it wasn't songs, Goldie. It was right. not yeah. songs. Right. Um, JC, what do we got next week? Okay, I have two, but I'm going to choose one last second. If you hate it, we can go to the other one. Top five sexiest cartoon characters. Oh, all right. <laughs> born to do this one. <laughs> yeah. Come on. That one was a Stu suggested that a long good. time ago. So I'm like, you know That's what? a good. Bust that one out. Thank you, Stu. That's great. Yes. All right. Well, that was a fun top five. And now let's end the show as we always do on a high note. Tom and Max, and I and I want to tease Tom's return, Morty, I should say. Ooh, yes, uh, he's he's been texting with me that he's he's antsy to to come back. So we're excited to have Tom slash Morty come back and give yes. us the uh, state. I mean, of where the are we going to find the room for him? But okay, <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Bump Seth Myers. That's right. Well, we should talk about that now. Uh, yes. I just said it. Uh, yes. Next week, our guest is none other 
than Seth Myers. Wow. We got him. I don't know how, but we got him, and we're going to talk to him. We're very excited and thankful yes. that he is coming on to our little, the little podcast that can't. Yeah. Seth Myers will be on. The next little week. podcast that won't. That won't, that didn't, that can't. <laughs> I think I can't. Um, all right. So, my uh, high note uh, today is kind of a weird one. So, we have a listener whose name is Brian Kenny. Mm-hmm. Um, he is. It's a complicated connection, but one of my wife's best friends from growing up, this is uh, her ex-husband. And he and I are in contact on Instagram. He loves the podcast. He listens all the time. He's a huge uh, music guy. He knows way more about music, uh, certainly, than I do. Um, But he sent me this little clip on Instagram that has changed, like, my, my week entirely. It's a something uh, a show called stairway to stardom and you can find it on youtube it was a public access talent show from the new york area (laughs) in the early 80s to like 1990 and it has everything you want just like a ridiculous italian guy old italian guy host who only is doing the show so he can sing at the beginning. <laughs> and he has like a very pronounced, uh, what I like to call a lateral L when he pronounces things. So like when someone will sing, he'll come up and be like, wasn't that just lovely, folks? Did you like those lovely lyrics? You know, and like, so I'm dying. And it's it's all the shit you want. It's bad video, bad audio, <laughs> tiny audience, bare sets, 10-year-old girls who can't dance doing a dance routine to, like, fame or flash dance. It's got (laughs) everything. So, Brian Kenny, thank you for Stairway to Stardom. That's so good. That's great. Was Diana DeGuacamo there? Yeah. (laughs) She could have been. (laughs) Um, uh, I'll go, Goldie. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Okay. My um, high note is this week I posted a story about some old, like, We Are the World clip that, because I just love them. And I got a response from our producer, one of our producers on Family Guy, Kim Furtman, found out that she performed at Live Aid. We are the world on stage at Live Aid. And she sent me video and there's video of her on stage singing, let me say it again, at Live Aid, we are the world. This was the, I mean, talk about a high note. Unbelievable. (laughs) You didn't know. I thought for sure. Way to go, Kim. Yes. I knew she was in Annie when she was uh, younger, but uh, that's amazing. Yeah, that's Way to go, Kim Ferdman. So good. Well, mine's mine's gonna seem especially good after that. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we all know I'm a big fan of Back to Zero, which is yes. just all you yes. want to do is get back to where you were when you didn't think you were that happy, but in comparison, you were. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I just had the weirdest itch between two of my toes. <laughs> it was excruciating <laughs> for a couple days, and then it just finally seems to have gone away. Wow. <laughs> what wow. a high so note. I'm <laughs> just like... so happy to be back to zero, <laughs> back to with, zero. without a crippling foot itch. <laughs> <laughs> Did you use tough acting tonight? I was going to say. No, I used some foot balm and... <laughs> and <know>. a pencil. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well... If we want to get technical, I think I might have had a small blister in between two toes that popped. I just... Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. That'll happen. Yeah. Well, I'm so glad that you're back to zero. Thank you. I'm happy about Kim Furtman singing in Live Aid, yes. which is incredible. incredible. I'm so pleased to be watching Stairway to Stardom, <laughs> no, which is the, the theme link. song. Yeah, oh, you, you're gonna, you're absolutely gonna love it. <laughs> um, and I want to thank all of you out there for listening this week. And if yeah. you're in a job that you don't like, maybe you could take some of those tips we talked yeah, about today that were very useful. Um, and I want to thank you two for always being awesome. Thank you. And we will talk to you again next week. <laughs> That was fun. And it stops right now. Yes. All right. Yeah. One of those avocados. <laughs>